Good morning. As we think back to Jesus' crucifixion and how that demonstrated God's deep love, we also need to look at the amazing power that God displays in the resurrection of Christ from the dead. One of the things that I've heard, and I can't give credit because I don't remember who said it, but the statement goes something like this. There's nothing you can do that will make God love you anymore. And there's nothing that you can do that's going to make God love you any less. And I think that really summarizes the, the power of the resurrection. Second Corinthians chapter five, excuse me, chapter five, verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Well, I recently saw a documentary on Mother Teresa's life. And so as I read that verse and getting prepared for the message, I thought, who better could illustrate someone that is living for Christ than Mother Teresa? But it was very interesting that Mother Teresa, of course, won the Nobel Peace Prize back in 1979. She established all these different types of ways to help people die with dignity, to try to feed people that were hungry, just to be the hands and feet of Jesus throughout Calcutta, India, and other places around the world. But the thing I didn't realize, and as I shared from the people that did her biographies, that she struggled through many years of her life, and they talked about a 50-year period of her life, where her journals, and they showed you her handwritten journals, which had been preserved, where she had repeatedly asked questions in her journals about, how long are you going to forsake me, O Lord? Why have you abandoned me, my God? And she would usually conclude those statements by just saying, I'm going to cling to you, my Jesus. And so I, that just really surprised me, because... I guess my preconceived notion was that if you're a living saint, as Mother Teresa was described by many people and was described that way in this documentary, then surely you lived this abundant, joy-filled life. And she did. I mean, she always had a smile and she had joy, but she also struggled with deep pain, pain of feeling rejected, pain of feeling abandoned. But rather than having that paralyze her, she kept clinging to Jesus. And of course, once you become famous, you always have critics that come out. And I just love the way she answered her different critics. One of them was, uh, realize that you're not really doing anything, Mother Teresa, to get to the root cause of poverty here in India. And her answer was just very plain. She said, well, that's not my job. My job is to give a cup of water to someone who's My job is to give food to someone that's hungry. My job is to help someone who's dying to be able to have a place to die with dignity. She understood her calling and her vision. Another occasion, there was a wealthy businessman who managed to get to visit Mother Teresa, and he basically made this statement to her, you know, I wouldn't do what you're doing for a million dollars. And her answer, again, was very plain and very simple and just really shows the power of the resurrection. Well, I wouldn't do what I'm doing for a million dollars either but I do it for the love of Jesus. And that's where the resurrection power lies, is in that love and embracing the love of Jesus. 
I want to read that verse again. And he died for all, of course, referring to Jesus, that those who live could no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Everything that Paul and his companions did, according to one commentary, talking about this particular verse, was to honor God. Christ's love controlled their lives. Because Christ died for us, we need to die to our old selves and no longer live to please ourselves. We should spend our lives pleasing God, pleasing Christ who died for us and rose from the grave. But of course, that self-centered, selfish nature doesn't die easy. It's something that makes this a process that we go through for most of our life. Back Second Corinthians 5, 17, a couple verses down, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. But the reality is that's only possible through the power of the resurrection, through the Holy Spirit who gives us new life. The Holy Spirit gives us that resurrection power not just a reform, it's not just a rehabilitation or re-education, but we're recreated. Not just turning over a new leaf, but beginning a new life under a new master, under Jesus. Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That's the part that we might want to leave out. The fellowship of his suffering understands that life is full of pain. And we want to be united and to surrender to Christ and respond with the power that raised him from the dead, even in the midst of pain, suffering, and sorrow. And it's that mighty power that's going to help us to be a new creation. We must die to sin. And Christ's resurrection gives us that power to live for him. We must die to our own preferences. Or else to let our self-centered nature die. At least for me, that's been a lifelong daily process. Some days better than others. But as we want to read from Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, where Paul does a great job, I think, capturing this lifelong process of learning to live in the power of the resurrection. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold of that for which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is head, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. To press on, realizing we're not perfect. Trying to take a hold of that goal, that prize, that prize of not living for ourselves, but living for Christ who loved us and died for us. John Piper, in a book uh, called The Passion of Christ, says this Until we die, or until Christ returns, we live in this present evil age, which means we live in an age where we're going to be surrounded by. Illness, suffering, wars, violence. And I think we all are very well aware of that just by watching the news. But he goes on in his book to say that he, Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, 
But that doesn't mean he's going to take us out of this world with all its problems. Piper goes on to say, when Christ went to the cross, he set millions of captives free. He unmasked the devil's fraud and broke his power. He made it possible for us to live in the power of the resurrection. There's a couple problems, at least. One is that Satan is still around. The other problem is that our self-centeredness is still part of us. In a book written by Robert McGee called The Search for Significance, points it out this way. Satan, the father of lies, twists and distorts the truth so that his deceptions appear to be more reasonable and attractive than the truth. So that makes it difficult at times to live in the power of the resurrection. He goes on to say, our behavior is often a reflection of our beliefs about who we are. And we may have trouble believing in God's unconditional love for us and his complete acceptance of us. Again, that statement, nothing you can do will make God love you any more, and nothing you can do is going to make God love you any less. That's really hard for many of us to grasp. Again, his book goes on to say, our unconditional acceptance of Christ is a profound life truth. The moment we receive Christ by faith, we enter into a personal relationship with him. We're united with God in an eternal, inseparable bond. He then goes on to quote Romans 8. I want to read, starting at verse 39, that describes that bond. Actually, starting at verse 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The problem is with our past experiences, we may have been wounded. And we don't believe that we have that value. We don't believe that we have that worth to Christ. We don't believe that Christ can really accept us unconditionally. We may not be able to forgive ourselves for our past mistakes. Or forget about the abuses that we may have suffered, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, feelings of abandonment or rejection or betrayal. The list goes on and on. Again, his book again puts it this way. Instead of being refreshed by the truth of God's love, if we've been deeply wounded, we may recoil from it. We may push away from it, thinking that we, that's not for us. Living in the power of the resurrection seems impossible to us. But God provides a pathway. And McGinnis' book describes this pathway. Pastor Robert has many times referred to in the recovery community, you know, the opposite of addiction is not recovery, but it's community. And McGee captures that very well in his book. He points out that the pathway to healing is often through loving Christian friends, through the church, that God provides models of his love so that our perception of God's character can slowly be reshaped into one that is more accurate and have a healthier relationship with him. And slowly our deep emotional, our spiritual wounds no longer will hold us back from embracing that love of Christ. Those relational wounds can begin to heal, and we can more fully experience God's unconditional love. And again, it doesn't mean because God loves us unconditionally that that's a license to sin. Sin grieves God. It's against God. 
And if we really grasp the love of Christ and embrace his love, he's going to want us to avoid at all costs. Gwen Collier in a Daily Bread article says this, the cross demonstrated Jesus' relentless, astonishing love. He would go through death and hell in order to heal us. And emerging from the tomb, Jesus emphatically announced that nothing could stop God's promise. Will we truly be healed one day? Will enemies truly be friends? Will Jesus' love really be strong enough to mend our ravaged world? Yes, because nothing, not even death, can stop God. Empowered by Jesus' resurrection, we too can love in ways that may seem impossible. But it starts with living in the resurrection power, which means embracing the love of Christ, realizing that nothing we can do is going to make him love us anymore, and nothing we can do is going to make him love us any less. That's how we can then start to walk and love other people the way that Christ has loved us, so that we can be part of that community that can help people heal from those deep emotional and relational wounds they may have experienced in life. To others are their own mistakes. Jeremy Camp, in a song called Same Power, I think, captures this whole concept. And so I wanted to share some of that song. I can walk down this dark and painful road. I can face every fear of the unknown. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, that same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us lives in us. That same power that makes mountains move when he speaks, that same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us, lives in us. We have this hope that his promises are true. In his strength, there is nothing we can't do. We will not be overtaken. We will not be overcome. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us, lives in us. What that song is saying to me is Christ lives in us. We're his temple. And we are to be his hands and feet to this hurting world. But we can only do that by embracing the power of the resurrection, which means embracing that unconditional love of Christ for each of us and realizing that we have great value. He loves us very deeply. Not because of what we do. Because we're created bear his image. you join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for raising Jesus from the dead. Lord, just raise us to embrace your love and to live in the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name.